I'm going to carry on just for a few minutes in our Nehemiah series. If you've got your Bibles, please pick them up. If you haven't got a Bible with you, please bring one to church. It's really important. Um, put down your, your phones, pick up a paper Bible. I'm just going to read to you. Uh, we're coming in uh, a long way through the story. You can catch up on the previous weeks. I'm coming in at Nehemiah chapter 8. I'm just going to read the first few verses. Uh, I'm really excited to have been given these verses when we planned this uh, section of teaching with uh, with Danny and Ken. And you'll know why I'm so excited to get to these verses in a moment when you see some of what I have to read. Um, so let's pick up at the start of chapter eight. Um, when the seventh month came and the Israelites had settled in their towns, all the people assembled as one man in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra the scribe to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak until noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women and others who could understand. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Ezra the scribe stood on a high wooden platform built for the occasion. Beside him on his right stood Mattithiah, Shema, Ananiah, Uriah, Hilkiah and Messiah. And on his left were Pediah, Mishael, Machijah, Hashum. <laughs> I wish there weren't people on his left because I was on a roll there and, and now I've paused. Uh, let's try this one, shall we? Hashbadana. Da, 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 Hashbadana, da, 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 uh, Zachariah and Meshulam. Whew. Ezra opened the book. All the people could see him because he was standing above them. And as he opened it, the people all stood up. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted up their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. And they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. The Levites, all those men who we've just mentioned, uh, instructed the people in the law while the people were standing there. They read from the book of the law, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people could understand what was being read. Then Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra, the priest and scribe and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, this day is sacred to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep for all the people have been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared this day is sacred to our lord do not grieve for the joy of the lord is your strength the levites calmed all the people saying be still for this is a sacred day do not grieve then all the people went away to eat and drink and send portions of food and celebrate with great joy because they now understood the words that had been made known to them Lord, would you just help me as I walk our precious church family through these important verses in the next few minutes? Would you give me a greater clarity than I've had in trying to read some of those Hebrew names as we grapple with these beautiful words of life together? Amen. Amen. Wow, I bet you're glad you didn't have to read that passage. Um, listen, I I've had a few days off this week, Kaz and I have taken the week off. Honestly, with you, I, I guess like many of us, I've just been at a kind of level of struggling a little bit, just in my emotions, um, sense of grief over 
friendships right now it's just so hard isn't it to do friendship to connect with people in the way that we love to the ways we find so easy I've just been feeling weary of it probably more so than I did in the first lockdown even though we're, we're probably less locked down than we were first time around and we have a an end in sight but I've just been struggling with it um, I, I'm so grateful I was just reflecting this morning there's been one pattern one rhythm one regular habit that has sustained me and kept my hope alive in God. Um, and, and that is the opportunity just to open up the living, enduring word of God every morning to strengthen me. And boy, I've been so grateful, even this week in a quiet week, we've done a lot of walking this week. Uh, Kaz and I are trying to tick off sections of the South Downs way. We're doing little bits at a time. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm so glad uh, in the mornings before we've got out of the house and gone for a walk in the in the in the beautiful South Downs uh, that I've just been able to spend a few minutes in the scriptures Psalm 18 1 I've just been reflecting on as I've walked I've had it going around in my head uh, lots of times I love you my Lord my strength the scriptures give us a pattern and a refrain to help us and we pick up the story of Nehemiah today uh, and um, uh, they've built the walls around the city the exiles have returned the the city's being rebuilt they built them in 52 days it was a remarkable process but it turns out that building the walls the physical stuff is the easy part I guess our question today is what are we building our lives on what are we building into our hearts church that's going to sustain us over the long haul and here in this moment in the story we find that the people of God want to hear the word of God it's, it's an extraordinary moment it's not always true sadly with churches it's what we call I guess a revival moment where the whole community those around them are saturated by God's presence where real change comes and is accelerated quickly and so Ezra um, opens up the law the book of Moses the the scriptures as the people had them uh, at the time hundreds of years before Jesus Christ there'd be the first five books of the Bible uh, as we would call them probably some of the Psalms of of David as well now we have the the, the full um, scriptures the old and the new testament the big story of God's dealings with his people Again, I've just been meditating in some of the words in Psalm 119. I think they express what was going on here in this Nehemiah passage. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Your commands are always with me. Psalm 119 verse 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Later on in Psalm 119, it says I've put your hope in. I've put my hope in your word. Jesus summed it all up well when he was uh, uh, resisting temptation in the wilderness, um, a personal attack from Satan. Jesus said, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Lord, we thank you for your living word. Mostly, if we read through the, the stories in the scriptures, God's people have not lived with the kind of demand and love for the word of God that is being spoken about in this story today. Um, there are many moments throughout the history of, uh, of God's people and the history of Israel and the church um, since Jesus Christ, where people have not been responsive to God's voice. You maybe recall uh, at the point where Eli the priest uh, was superseded by young Samuel. It, we're told at that moment in Judges, the, the word of God had not been heard in the land for a long time. 
later on in in kings one of the kings before the exile josiah young king josiah two kings 23 discovered the books of the law locked away in a dusty room in the temple he 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 blew the dust off them had them read to him and read to all the people but it hadn't always been that way ezra the scribe and priest had come back to serve in jerusalem he'd been patient he'd waited 13 years till nehemiah came and the walls were built and we now witness all the people together caught up in a hunger for the word of god i think we live in a day and in a culture that not only needs to hear the word of god again that's true of our nation but but that we live in a nation that needs to see and hear churches like us who live in and love the word of god people just like you and me is the word of god longed for and hungered for in your home this that we're reading today is an example of i i guess as we say through history an unusual expression of hunger for god's word and and not just amongst an individual or two it wasn't just nehemiah or or ezra the scribe and the and the priest and those levites with extraordinary hebrew names it wasn't just them that were hungry about the word of god not just the preacher or the elders in the church but the whole believing community these are amazing moments in the life of god's people they, they can take a lifetime to cultivate, but they come suddenly. I, I wonder, will we be those who prepare for such times as we begin to think and pray about 2021? Will we be such a people? Let's just walk through the verse briefly before we, the verses before we come to some application. Verse one, uh, we find that it was a feast day. There's some wonderful feasts in the Jewish calendar. It was the, it was the big feast of trumpets. Uh, Anna led us in a song about the trumpet sounding this morning. It's the Jewish New Year, Rosh Hashanah. And the, the trumpet blast in the Jewish New Year was called, uh, called the people to assemble, to hear God speak. It happened first in Exodus 19 when the trumpet blast signaled they could approach the mountain of the Lord. And we love this kind of imagery as new covenant believers we we read the whole bible see how it points to jesus we anticipate this feast of trumpets the day when the last trumpet will sound when jesus will return when a multitude no one can number uh, will will gather and assemble around him in his in his in the revelation of him in his victory and remember here god hadn't spoken to these people in living memory they weren't practiced and well versed in hearing his voice but they anticipated an encounter with him can i ask you do you expect god to speak to you as you come to church on a sunday morning as you meet with us tonight at 6 p.m as you open your bible tomorrow morning have you noticed this it's the people who ask ezra bring out the scriptures read the word to us it's the people that demand it here it's not ezra saying hey will you just quite can you quiet down a bit i'm going to read to you now from the bible oh, not the bible again no no they demand from ezra read this book to us unroll the scrolls let us hear the word of god we want to shape our lives uh, around it friends it's i don't know about you it's so easy for me to get complacent if if i go a few days and i don't expect god to speak and and so i find oh, i've just eased off on some of the practices that help me to hear god some of the rhythms that i know keep me in a place where i hear his voice and so maybe i read the word a bit less maybe i miss assembling and gathering with the church and so of course i start hearing god speak a little bit less uh, and and so of course the cycle continues has it been that way for you hey bring out your bible blow the dust off put it by your bed expect god to speak you may he ignite 
your anticipation this morning? Will you hear the trumpet? Will you gather? Will you demand the scriptures be opened in this church? I love that it says in verse three, everyone who could understand it was there. As I look around this Zoom this morning, hey, well done, you families with young children trying to concentrate on a, on a long sermon. Men, women, children, the Bible is for everyone. And they spent five or six hours reading the scriptures out loud. Five or six hours during which the people stood from the moment he opened the books. There's a real sense of honor for the word of God. There's an alertness. It speaks of anticipation again, doesn't it? Could you imagine even if I just said, will you stand for the duration of this sermon? That would be hard work for some of us. And yet they stood all day uh, as Ezra read. And then this wonderfully named team of Levites, uh, some leaders, if you like, who were versed in the scriptures, who verses seven and eight, who moved through the assembled crowd. Maybe they organized them into groups. Uh, I, I like to think of this passage similarly to Jesus feeding the 5000 up on a, on a mountainside. And he sent the 12 disciples, said, you go feed them. And, and they got people into smaller groups and, and distributed the, the food to them. Here, the Levites are distributing the living word of God. They're getting amongst the crowd. They're explaining the meaning. Maybe they were further away from Ezra where people quite. Did he say what? Blessed are the what? Um, and before I go full Monty Python, maybe they would just say, no, no, this, this is what he said. Let me explain it to you so that people could understand what was being said. This is discipleship from the scriptures. That's all discipleship is. It's, it's nothing more. We could be as high tech or as cool or we can be brilliant communicators, supreme storytellers. But preachers only have one job. You have one job, preacher. Whether you're a preacher on a platform, whether you're a small group leader in your lounge, whether you're a parent perched on the edge of the bed at bedtime with the Bible open, your one job is to read the book, to make it clear, to give the meaning, to bring understanding. That's why we have small group discipleship. That's why we encourage people gather in little huddles online at the moment. That's why we encourage Bible reading um, in, and study in, in family groups amongst friends. If you're in a small group and you're not growing in your discipleship, in your love for Jesus, in your love for one another, in your love for those who don't yet know Jesus, discipleship up, in and out, then, hey, maybe we should read the Bible more. Maybe we should explain it together more. Maybe we should respond as worshippers who submit their lives to God. I think some of this explaining and making clear applies to languages as well. These XRs had come from many places and many parts. Maybe they weren't familiar always with the kind uh, of, of language that, that Ezra was reading. Part of our call here in, in Crawley, in building a diverse church, is to use simple words. We're doing lots of translation at, at the moment. We're we want to encourage those who don't speak English as a first language to help them grow as disciples of Jesus. Uh, out of this church, we've got ministries into the Spanish-speaking world, the Portuguese-speaking world, the Russian-speaking world. Read the Bible in whatever language that you have it in. For children as well, it's important that we make the Bible clear. It's a different type of clarity, a simplicity. We want to make the Bible clear as well for those with, with learning difficulties, for adults with special needs. Hey, across the board, church, our aim is to make the word of God clearly understood. Oh, what a task. Please pray for our preachers, our, our small group leaders, our, our ministry leaders, the ID team, our parents and families as they serve the Lord in making the word of God clear. And look at this response in, in verse six in worship from the people. It's a very physical response. They were already standing, it says. Then it says they lifted their hands 
they with their voices they use their voices as well they shouted amen amen hey tony grover i can see you on my screen as i'm preaching i i, I miss i long for the day when on the front row you give some hearty amens i'm hoping to be interrupted by a multitude of amens when we're finally back in the room together this repetition of amen amen i guess it shows the intensity of their response um they're not just a, a oh, it's not, not a kind of light-hearted a general approval it's a solemn agreement no god we've heard the word read we've heard the law read i'm going to live i'm going to line up my life and live in agreement to this word of god verse 6 tells us they bowed down and they worshiped with their faces to the ground the hebrew word that's translated worship here means to to prostrate yourself to get low to get in the dirt and the dust we see when we look at true worship time after time uh, that kind of idea um, it is outlined. It's an appropriate response to an encounter with God. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. True worship is to bow low, is for God himself to be lifted up. Be lifted up as we bow down. We used to sing that beautiful old song. I still do. What other responses? Hey, verse nine, they're weeping as they listen to the word of God being read. I've been I've found myself weeping a lot recently. I think it's again just kind of raw emotions, uh, that kind of stuff. Um, but here they're weeping as the word of God is being read. Often weeping in worship is connected to sin that needs confessing. If you've been weeping as we worship this morning, maybe you need to bring your heart before the Lord Jesus. Maybe it's about a need to get right with God. Sometimes it's just an expression, an outpouring of emotion at being in the beautiful presence of Jesus, hearing his gospel knowing these precious words and taking them into our hearts. Many times I've um, heard people who've not yet been believers or people who are now believers looking back before they were and saying, hey, I, I just cried a lot in worship when I first came and hung out with you guys as a church. I know people who cried their way through a number of sermons before they were born again. And I know again, many of us as disciples, we will weep when we hear well-known truths from the scriptures being read. They just trigger a fresh sense of God's presence in our hearts, don't they? Isn't it a beautiful thing to read the word of God? These aren't bitter tears. Remember, we're coming before the one who turns our morning into dancing. I enjoyed dancing with sha-la-la-la-la-la-la again this morning. That's what Jesus does. That's what the gospel does. It's why it's good news. Ultimately, in, in Jesus Christ, because of his death on the cross for my sin, because of his resurrection, we're, we're following the one who one day promises to wipe every tear from our eyes because our sins are forgiven, because we've been brought fully into his joy. Wow. And what else do we see in their response? Hey, don't miss this. The feasts, the celebration, the giving generously. What a joy it's been to give generously this year. I, I'm so sad when I look. We've got a cupboard that's quite hard to get into in our kitchen. It's, it's full of big plates and bowls. We, we've got like 25 plates in there. They, we've we've barely used the top of the pile this year. That's our hospitality cupboard. That's where the plates come out when we put the extra leaves in the table and extend it because we've got 20 people round for lunch. I love this response of worship that says, let's have a feast. Let's celebrate together. Let's help each other grow. It all overflows as an act of worship. So church, our hands, our voices, our bowing, our hearts, our emotions, the acts of the will, they're all involved in worship. If you thought your worship was just about singing a few good songs on a Sunday. No, no. True worshippers subject everything they are before the Lord and his word. We're just going a little bit over time, but I, I just want to make a point of this before we move to pray 
together. Have you noticed it's a response to God's word? Have you noticed in, in some stories in the Bible, you find God appears, the, the, the burning bush burns, but isn't consumed. Fire comes down on Mount Carmel. Um, uh, There's the, the, a manifestation, the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit falls like tongues of fire. None of that happens here. There's no tangible uh, encounter with God's presence. It's just his word being read. These are living, enduring words of power. Matthew 25, 35, Jesus says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will endure forever. Church, that's why we keep getting our Bibles out. That's why as worshippers, we just keep reading. We just keep listening to the word. That's why we're trying to sing songs like we've done this morning in our worship that are full of scriptures, that are full of Bible images and Bible languages. Because when the living word is read, we are discipled into worshippers it creates an appetite a desire a hunger a thirst it creates a demand in us for more of the word of god open the book um please open the book please read from it we're going to stand in honor we'll lift our hands to receive we'll open our mouths in agreement we'll shed our tears in repentance and then in joyful realization my sins have been forgiven my conscience has been cleansed we'll bow to the ground in humility and submission these are the postures of worship, of true discipleship. There's nothing dramatic about them. They're triggered by the living, enduring word of God being read and explained. I'm moving to a conclusion here. Just been reflecting this week. I, I think everyone who's been used by God in spiritual revival in their own lives, in our local churches, or even in famous revivals that you can read about in the books behind me, I think everyone who's been used by God in those ways has been diligent in their study and the application of the scriptures to their lives. Without exception, anyone who's produced anything fruitful in terms of true spiritual growth. John read us a passage right at the beginning this morning from John's gospel. You'll find true spiritual growth only, only comes from this way. Conversely, no one ever grew into maturity as a disciple by accident. It isn't going to happen. <laughs> no one's ever had a healthy impact on the lives of others inside or outside of their church by neglecting the daily reading and application of the scriptures. God uses men and women and children like us who submit themselves to his word. He'll not bring spiritual breakthrough to those who have no interest in his word. George Whitfield, one of my heroes, um, before the Great Awakening in the 1740s in, in Britain and America, um, mainly through his preaching and through the Wesleys and others, Whitfield put it this way. He said, I began to read the Holy Scriptures upon my knees, laying aside all other books and praying over, if possible, every line and every word. This proved meat indeed and drink indeed to my soul. I daily received fresh light and power from above. I got more true knowledge from reading the book of God in one month than I ever could have acquired from reading all the writings of men. I read that this week and I thought, wow, how many hours of Netflix or Amazon Prime have I watched during lockdown? Who's discipling me? It's a month or so until Christmas. What might I get in one month as the light of the word of God dawns in my life? Friends, there's no disciple making. There are no true worshippers, no genuine people of God without lives that are built on a love for and an understanding of his word. So what's our application today as we finish and pray together? Hey, I'll write these down on the Facebook group later. Read the Bible. <laughs> OK, good place to start. 
lay out a Biblia, read the Bible, read it in Portuguese, read it in Spanish, read it in Italian, read it in French, Stephen's family, read it in whatever language catches your heart, but read the Bible, read it out loud, read it alone, read it in your household, read it together with the gathered church, read it in big sections and chunks like a book, read it slowly and study every word, read it outside in the, in the city, in the square, if you like, or, or publicly in terms of what you post on social media, sharing great passages, discussing them. Listen attentively when it's read. Respond with praise and worship that's physical, real, body, voice, emotions, acts of our will. Play your part in explaining it and helping people to understand it. Make it clear. Give the meaning. Oh, we love the word of God. Lord, would you build our lives around it? Hey, if you're able to, if you've got dodgy knees like I have, just try your best. Why don't we kneel together before the Lord? Just going to lead us in a short prayer. And perhaps I've got one little suggestion that may help us. Wow. Matthew 4, 4. And let's just pray these words. Jesus, you said to us, we cannot live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from your mouth, oh God. Lord, would you change our hunger? Would you give us an appetite for the word of God. Father, I come to you this morning on my knees and, and with my friends here gathered from around the church family, we repent of, of living from the foundation of any other source of comfort or hope. Lord, we thank you that you've put other comforts and joys around us, but we choose today to turn from them as the place from which we'll build our lives. And we say we're building solely on you. And Lord, we come again for the foundation of your word today. Lord, we believe you again. Help us. Help us, oh God. Um, maybe there are some today over on Facebook or watching on YouTube that haven't yet built your lives on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Hey, join us on your knees right now and say, Jesus, I, I, I make you the first place of my life. I give you my life. I'm going to live in accordance with your word. I'm going to trust you. Oh, Father, just going to pray for our quiet times now, those times in the morning or perhaps for some of you in the evening where you just open the Bible you expect God to speak. Maybe just before I pray, um, just an invitation for you. For those who don't already have a regular habit or a pattern, or maybe you're saying, hey, it's great for you to say, just read the Bible. I don't even know how to start or where to start. Maybe you've, you've got out with this lockdown, you've got out of the rhythms and the patterns of reading your Bible. At 6.30, the next few mornings on the church Facebook group, I'll do a Facebook Live where I'll just do a portion of my own Bible reading and prayer and I help those of you that want to join me just to set a pattern again, to kickstart a pattern again in your lives. Father, we pray for our quiet times in the morning. Lord, I, I speak the Psalms over us. Let the morning bring me word of your love. Come to us in the mornings. Let your word come alive. Speak into our hearts. Strengthen us for the day ahead. Give us joy that sustains us. God, let us anticipate hearing your voice. Help us to understand scriptures that we've read before and we, we think it's just like reading the phone book sometimes. We don't even know where to start. Oh God, would you bring understanding, clarity, life, hope. Lord, for those that read in the evenings, we, we pray, come alive. Let us meditate on the scriptures as we sleep. May we wake up in the morning with the living, enduring word of God, the first thought in our heads. Come and help this church to build our lives again on the word of God. 
We pray, Lord, for our homes, our tables. We pray for small groups. And Lord, for the day again, when we can do it with hospitality, we pray for Bibles to be read around tables and in front rooms. Lord, we, we pray for hospitality with neighbours uh, in, in months ahead, where we might be able to read the scriptures together and explain them to people that don't yet know Jesus. We pray for every little huddle, every online meeting, every walk one-on-one we have at the moment where we talk and explain the scriptures. Let life come. Lord Jesus. We pray for parents and little children and teenagers that are grappling with the scriptures. Lord, would you make them amazing teachers of your word? We pray for our ID group and those that are bringing understanding to people who maybe struggle to read conventionally. Lord, let hearts light up with this living truth that is in the word. We pray for our disciples who don't speak English as a first language. God, make disciples of us that understand and are clear on the scriptures. We pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.